Welcome to the Evolved Caveman Podcast. I am Dr. John, the guide for your heroic journey towards greater health, success, and most importantly, happiness. And now, on with the show. Hi, this is Dr. John, and I am thrilled to announce that Jory and I are opening up our retreat in beautiful Costa Rica from September 28th of 2024 to October 5th. Everyone wants fulfilling relationships. The hard part is love is not enough. So many factors can get in the way preventing ongoing connection, intimacy, and aligned growth. All healthy relationships start within. But when we have unresolved stuff, it can easily interfere with those we are seeking to be closest with. Whether you're in a long-term committed partnership or are single and are looking for love, this retreat will guide you in the heroic journey of healing yourself so that you can be open and available to cultivate the fulfilling relationships you desire and deserve. To find out more, visit joryrose.com slash retreats. That's J-O-R-E-E-R-O-S-E dot com slash retreats. Hey everybody, this is Dr. John back with another episode of the Evolved Caveman podcast. And it is my pleasure to have with me today, Thomas Glor. And Thomas has been teaching yoga to men for decades. And if that were it, that would be nice, but there's so much more to Thomas that we're going to talk about today, including the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, the energetic, and even the sexual. Thomas, welcome. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for the invitation, John. My pleasure. And tell me a little bit, just to start us off, tell us of your story. How did you come to the point of seeing yoga as critical for men? Well, uh, you know, I started my life as an investment banker. So there I was quite successful, but really being not happy in my job and looking around my, you know, uh, people I was working with, also customers. There were not so much or so many happy people, you know, even though they had lots of money. Uh, I, you could see this was not really something that uh, helped them to be happy and just enjoy life. And then um, I met my wife, ex-wife, who was a yoga teacher. And she said, well, I'm going to India to the gurus and to, to, to some uh, yoga school. Would you like to join me? And then I quit my job. And I went for one year wow. on a on a travel. And there I was really introduced to the spirituality of the East. I was always interested also when I was a teenager, you know, I was always fascinated about mysticism, you know, and health and how you can improve your health and happiness. And there I was trying to find an answer. And interestingly, you know, all these teachers exclusively, they were all men. And so when I came back, uh, I was looking for a job again in the bank. Uh, again, I was not happy. So in 1992, I decided to become a full-time yoga teacher. And still, I'm a full-time yoga teacher. And uh, when I started, uh, I had like 95% of women in my classes, you know, rarely a man. Over the time, it changed a little bit. Now, maybe it's 80% women, 20% men. But I always found it a little, 
special because, uh, you know, being really at the origin of yoga, seeing it has been a system from man to man, I just found it very irritating that man did not really have a connection uh, to yoga. So I said, I'd like to change that and make it make yoga more approachable to men. This is how it started, you know. Wow, and that that's quite a jump from investment banking to yoga teacher. It was a really big <laughs> it was really a big uh, thing, you know, it was also not easy. You really I really had to leave my comfort zone. Yeah. But I had just this vision, you know, to help support people to be happy and healthy. And I just had the feeling wasting my time as an investment banker, you know. And Can you speak to a little bit about how you had to leave your comfort zone going from one role to the other. Well, you know, in, in, in 1992, when you go back, yoga was not yet so popular. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of people, they just didn't know anything about yoga. So based on that, try to build up, you know, something. I mean, it also has to be a business you can live from was not so easy, you know. And so it meant, you know, I my first idea was to have like a part-time job, but I was like overeducated. So they wouldn't let me into the company, you know. Because they said, well, if you have, if with your education, uh, you have to be in the management and uh, there is in the management, there is no way in the 1990s, you you make like a 50% job, you know? Mm-hmm. So over time, I just said, well, let's try it, you know, and together with my wife, uh, we just uh, started our yoga classes and everything went well. Of course, I had some reserves financially. And so, um, you know, it was difficult financially uh, leaving the comfort zone. I mean, like, if you can make your hobby and your passion to your profession, of course, (laughs) that's not leaving your comfort zone, of course. But it still can be scary. And uh, tell me a little bit about leaving, because I would imagine there was some leaving the comfort zone of traditional masculinity to do this work in yoga. Of course. I mean, like you can imagine my investment banker friends, they thought like I, I went You crazy. were insane. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh-huh. insane, you know. Trying How could to you leave all this money? Right. And, and they thought I would become a guru, you know, and become weird and go on with drugs and stuff like that. So I would say uh, most of my friendships did not, uh, you know, last or did not go go well. So there was a lot of breakups, you know, yeah. because um, there was just no understanding of, you know, what made me do this decision because they were so much trapped in their in their materialistic uh, way of living. Mm-hmm. That I could not imagine somebody, <laughs> you know, uh, choosing their passion as a profession. So they all predicted that I will fail, you know. Mm-hmm. And now, and I, look, now looking imagine, back, <laughs> sorry, you know, sorry, thirty I, years I, later, I mean, lots of these banking people they no, don't have a job anymore, <laughs> and yeah. I'm still in the business. 
Yeah. For interrupting. When I imagine a lot of those guys, and I'm assuming most of them are guys at the time, men, um, that they were stuck in a lot of black and white, all or nothing thinking, that they have a certain specific narrow worldview. And what you set out to do just didn't compute, didn't fit into their worldview. That what you do is you make money, you assume you amass power and influence, and that eventually at some point down the road, they thought they would be happy. That's it, you know, and I always was strict for my ethics. So I said, I'm not never, ever going to lie to, to some to people. I'm not, if, if I'm forced to lie to somebody, I will not do that. And in the banking business, unfortunately, uh, sometimes they ask me to lie to customers, you know, mm. and I was just not ready to do this, you know, and there were big conflicts. And I always said, well, I mean, the, the biggest um, um, asset of a bank is trust. So how can mm. you lie to your customers? I mean, it doesn't make any sense, you know, right. but my boss wouldn't understand and also my friends wouldn't understand because they would always say, well, you have to compromise. And I said, I'm not compromising my ethics, you know, no way I'm going to do that. So that was another something they didn't like at all, you know. Mm -hmm. So let's let's get a little bit more into it here. And, and one of the things when we talked earlier off, offline is that you mentioned you see, view, you see yoga as physical, of course, but then perhaps even more importantly, emotional, spiritual, energetic, and even sexual. So go into each one of those briefly, if you would. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, in a way, I understand the men that they are not attracted to yoga because um, it's positioned in a like sometimes acrobatic way. You know, there are a lot of teachers a lot of women, of course, who just want to show off how flexible they are. And uh, it's all about how to good look and sexy and flexible, you know. And this is not really what yoga is all about. Of course, it's about stretching, but it's not. Uh, I mean, the, the body and these physical exercises, they are called in the yoga tradition asanas. These physical exercises, they are just an eight one eighth of the whole system, you know. Mm. And today yoga is like just narrowed to this physical part. And uh, this is a pity because it's more like uh, inner science, you know, mm -hmm. how to, to, to be efficient with your emotions, with your energy and with your thoughts, you know. That's like the main goal of yoga. And yeah, not, one of the main goals that you mentioned earlier was transforming emotional energy into spiritual energy. Right, right. So, I mean, this transformation has to do, of course, that um, we tend to identify with our emotions. And by identifying with our emotions, we give them energy, you know. And then we have like the experience, we are ruled by our emotions. Right. And if there are emotions coming up we don't want and we, we go in opposition, they get stronger and stronger. But we don't realize it's ourselves. <laughs> it's a fight against our, our own emotion. How can you win? You know, you can only you lose, you know. Yeah. And uh, the, in the yoga tradition, on the spiritual path, you know, they, they ask a very interesting question. This question is, who is watching your emotions? 
you know. So there is something, a consciousness that is watching your emotions. And once you realize that, there is a distance between the watcher and the emotion, you know. Mm -hmm. And now you're disconnected. And now you have the freedom to choose which emotions you would like to, you know, to allow yourself to celebrate, like love, joy, happiness, and which emotions you don't want to allow to have an effect on you, you know. And this makes you free, you know. And mm -hmm. how to become free is like one of the major questions that are asked in the yoga tradition, you know. How free can I be suffering? Free? Sorry? Freedom from suffering. Not only suffering, but freedom in general. How can you, can I be just free from everything? You know, not mm. only from suffering, but how can I la uh, 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 live a life of freedom where I just can be myself, you know, and there are no limitations? Mm. Yeah, be comfortable in my own skin and. Right. Yeah, right. do what I want to do, not what others want me to do. And right. yeah, I guess there's a lot right. wrapped up in that. So yes. go over go for an example. I think anger is a good one for for male listeners. How do you show people how to transform something like anger specifically into something that passes more quickly or into the spiritual or something else? How do you transform? Well, you know, anger? This, this, the, the system is is very interesting. So um, you know, uh, anger is just an emotion. You know. And yoga is not really asking the question, why is the anger there? Doesn't mm -hmm. really matter why, because if it's there, it's there, you know, mm -hmm. and you have to handle, you have to deal with anger and not really waste your time trying to find out why am I angry, you know, that you can do later. But at the moment, you have to deal with the emotion of anger, you know. And once you go this step back, like there is a consciousness, and this con consciousness is, just experiencing anger and then try to be neutral because why should be why should anger be negative you know it's just emotion yeah it's it doesn't like, have to be negative it doesn't have to be negative it's just emotion and uh, why would you just go in opposition with that because it's a natural reaction of your system you know and if you just preserve Stay at, you know, in this distance, you know, just stay in your center, you know, breathing slowly. And then you'll see anger as an emotion is coming, getting stronger and stronger. And at a certain level, it starts to fade away, you know. Mm -hmm. And by fading away, a lot of times the opposite emotions are activated. For example, joy, you know. And not interfering with this natural process, you know, and everybody of us who has children knows that, you know, they are like totally angry, <laughs> pain, and then they're joyful, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's gone, you know. Yeah, and, and I would, I would call that, you know, meta or going meta on oneself. So it's who is watching your thoughts, who is watching your emotions, creating psychological distance, um, but it, it also brings to mind that saying from mindfulness of you can't stop the waves from coming, but you can learn how to surf the waves. Right. That's it. You know, and the more you are successful with that, the more easy you get, you know. And, you know, another very important thing in, in, in the yoga tradition, also energetically, 
if you go in opposition with anger, it will be stored somewhere in your body. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not something that has been solved. You know, it's like yeah. a potential within. And this potential has just, you know, the capacity to come again, you know. So the more anger you suppress, you know, the more difficult it becomes to control, you know. And if you look at these people, mostly men who go like totally uh, insane, you know, mm -hmm. These men, they are not like the, the ones shouting around. That These are always the very quiet ones, mm -hmm. you know, not talking, not expressing themselves. And so well, this energy is building up and then there's like an ex explosion you can't control, you know. I mean, there's even leading thinkers, cutting edge thinkers right now that are hypothesizing that like a lot of the autoimmune disorders and I think a lot of other things, cancer comes to mind, where these conditions are perhaps caused by suppressed, just anger. Right. And, and so we've, you know, we've been trained not to show anger. And yet if it's just anger, that's coming up for, you know, someone wronged you, someone crossed a boundary, social, you know, social injustice, that those need to be dealt with in a healthier way than just shoving them down and putting a cap on them because they're going to come right. out in some way. Right. And I mean, this is, I mean, I'm not only, only into yoga. I'm also into Tao yoga and Qigong. And there you have like this connection from anger to the liver. Mm -hmm. And we have yeah, different, also, right? Different emotions are connected to different organs, right? Right, right. So, you know, your liver is heated, heated up with anger, you know, and it, it's getting more and more difficult to control this because it's getting hotter and hotter, you know. And there are specific, um, like there, like the healing sounds, you know, it's like a meditation where you start to transform these negative emotions into a positive emotion, mm -hmm. releasing this tension. And this can also happen in yoga because if, if there are certain parts of your body uh, where a lot of negative emotions are kept, and then you go into a stretch and you feel the tension, you might release that, you know. Mm. And so that's the, so therefore it's important to know how to cope with it, because if you are able just to be like you say on a meta, you know, on this distance, you will see the emotion is released. It shows in the con in your consciousness. And if you, if you just watch, it will be going away. Mm -hmm. And this one is gone, you know. And if you cannot deal with it and you suppress, you push it back again. And then, you know, it's just a matter of time until it tries to show up again. Yeah. Yeah. It either builds, comes back stronger or gets right. built somewhere in your body and doesn't do right. good things. We're still trying to figure right. out exactly what that connection is, but yes. Yes. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer in that connection. So we've talked a little bit about emotional, a little bit about energetic. Speak to spiritual and then we'll come around to the sexual well, the spiritual is not is something you know where you have like this materialistic world, which is you know a materialistic world is always by definition limited. You know, it has always a limit, a, a, a border, and there is a world that has no borders. You know, it's like this: the spiritual world. You know. And in the yoga tradition, 
we we say our origin, this our soul, if you want so to say, is not from the materialistic level. You know, it's from the not non-materialistic level. Mm-hmm. So the, our essence is non-materialistic, but we're doing or we're having experience in the materialistic world. But at the same time, we can also have experience in a world beyond materialism. It, you know, so we have like two different worlds that we have uh, a connection to. And it's it's important to know the rules, you know, like, for example, fantasy, you know, has fantasy any limits? No, no, of course. So it's not part of the materialistic world, you know, imagination. So there are different uh, rules uh, being applied on the materialistic world and on the non-materialistic, on the spiritual world, you know, and a lot of people are mixing it up. And I always take as a example economy, you know, like in a economy, our being in a part of the materialistic world, how can you have unlimited growth you know everybody wants to grow like 10 percent, 20 percent you know and this unlimited growth is not possible in a materialistic world but if on the spiritual world if you want to improve yourself you know there is like lo- no limit you can improve yourself forever it's a legitimate uh, goal but not in the materialistic world, you know? Okay. So growth is not something that should be applied to the materialistic world. It would be balance. Well, let me ask you this. To what extent do you think growth or lifelong learning is the reason for life, the goal of living? Well, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, Everybody wants to become better, right? It's like something we have with, with, you know, it's something within every human. You want to improve yourself, you know? And this is totally okay, you know, because this is like, uh, you can say, uh, growth of your soul or growth of your personality, growth of whatever, you know? But when you're talking growth of your business, then you are on the materialistic world, you know? And if you have a business, that is running well, everybody is happy, why should there be growth? Just keep the balance. You know, everybody is happy and you have a great living. There is no need for growth, right? Yeah, I guess I was thinking along the lines of the first where it seems to me that one of the big goals of life is personal evolution, right? personal growth. Yes, yes. And that that never really stops in my opinion. Never. Like we're never really done. We never really reach the finish oh, line. Right. But this is not part of the materialistic world, you know, so we have to be clear about that, you know, and, and, and the spirituality is also the, the area beyond thought, you know, because thoughts are always based on our past, based on our experience, you know, or Mm -hmm. on, on our memories, you know, and Oh, hold on. That we think the only reality is in the materialistic world, and we only feel safe when we are on on the level of our thoughts, you know? 
And if you go to, you know, shamans, if you go to spiritual people, you see they they are really moving in in a in a level or in a dimension beyond the thoughts, you know. Mm-hmm. And this dimension is very important in the yoga tradition. So thank you for that. And let's talk a little bit about. Well, I guess we can leave the sexual for last because that's a nice teaser. <laughs> let's talk about the difference between the physical body and the energetic body or the energy body. Well, you know, the like in, in our materialistic world, you know, everybody's talking about how can we save uh, energy, you know, it's but it's always related to buildings, to cars, to machines, you know. But we're not really asking the question, how can we save energy for our human beings? You know, Mm -hmm. that's not a question that is asked, which in a way is weird, you know. If you go to the yoga tradition or Qigong, that was like one of the major questions. Mm -hmm. How how can I be efficient, you know? And this efficiency has to do with your energy body. You know, the energy body is like the question, well, What's the, or what gives life to a dead body? You know, science is not really answering that, right? Mm -mm. And in the, in, in the yoga tradition, we say it's the energy body. You know, the energy body is an energy field and this energy field is connected to your emotions, to your body, to your thoughts. So everything is, uh, is, uh, like connected Mm -hmm. and whenever you feel well whenever you are happy your energy body is expanding and whenever you feel unhappy your energy body is retrieving getting smaller you know i like the idea Uh, on, on that like emotionally that it's vibrational so when you have positive emotions those vibrations get further and further apart you get more porous and when you get angry, sad, guilty, ashamed, they get more and more dense. And so nothing else can get into you. No idea, no emotion, no thought. Does right. that fit with what you're saying? In a way, but, you know, the energy body, like there are certain energy centers, you know, and uh, there's always a test I do with people, especially men, and they really get a little bit confused, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you know this test in the kinesiology, you know, where yep. you... Yep, biofeedback. And then you say, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. And then you're really strong. And then you say, I'm weak and I'm weak. And then you really, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. get weak, you know. This is already something a lot of men, they're like totally amazed by that because they can't believe this is happening, you know. So for me, this is always the proof, uh, software, how how software has an impact on the hardware, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you concentrate on certain points of energy it's not working anymore so you you can say i'm weak i'm weak and you're not weak because you're connected to your energy body you know and this of course is very practical very helpful extremely helpful in our daily life because you cannot walk around all the time i'm strong i'm strong i'm strong right it's not it's not really working you know but you can have your focus on certain energy centers and then hold this focus and your whole energy system is just like strong and stable, you know? 
I, I've seen examples of this. I went to a Dan Millman retreat in Costa Rica several years ago, and Dan invited a, a guy from Eastern Europe that was a martial artist with a strong spiritual piece to him. And one demonstration that he did was he was standing on one foot with one foot wrapped around his back of his ankle. And he had, he was leaning forward and he had two of the strongest guys in the room come and push him. And they couldn't move him off one ankle. And he said what he was doing was just channeling his chi through his spine straight down into the earth right. and kind of channeling tree trunk energy to make himself immovable. Right. That's it. So, I mean, this is like the, 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 the energy body has uh, amazing possibilities, you know, which are totally ignored in our Western world. Mm -hmm. I mean, energy bodies, like nobody's talking about energy body. Yeah. It's just uh, you're esoteric or some weird guy, but it's like essential, especially, you know, the older you get, the weaker your hardware gets, right? That's just an evolution process. If we like it or we don't like it, it's just happening, you know. But it's not applied to the energy body. The energy body is always strong, you know. Mm. So the older you get, the more you should focus on your energy body because um, the energy body helps to compensate, you know, the weakness in your physical body. And it's not only compensating, I mean, you're getting stronger and stronger. So again, in martial arts, you have like 90-year-old teacher that are 48 kilos and they mm -hmm. do amazing things. It's nothing physical, it's energetically, you know. And mm. so you see, there is like a whole world, hidden world that is just amazing. And especially for us, uh, it's like a great, a great thing, you know. Well, and, and I think, you know, I think we too many of us get caught up in the material world. And I think, you know, the philosophical tradition of empiricism kind of screwed us a little bit in that, you know, truth is what we can see with our or experience through our five senses. And right. what you're talking about is not part of our sensory world. No, it's it's something it's, beyond. It's something beyond, you know, it's like it's like I always have this this quote from Einstein. You know, Einstein said. I, I think 99 times and I'm not finding anything. I stop thinking. I swim in silence and the truth is revealed to me. You would not think this is from Einstein, you know, yeah. but well, I don't know. He was pretty brilliant, but pretty you know, evil. this tells you like in this, <clears throat> dimension beyond thoughts there is like a huge potential you know an incredible potential because you're connecting with maybe an intelligence or something mm -hmm. that collective unconsciousness who knows right and there are information to be retrieved you know mm -hmm. and this information are not something you have in experience in the past in the in in your past you know that's like a total important new information you know okay so let's turn the page to sexuality and how yoga can inform us about our own sexuality well this is you know this tantra and this uh, sexuality again it has to do with your energy body you know okay. i mean 
in French, in Ichakolage, it's called Le Petit Mort, the, the little bear, you know. And a lot of us men, we know when we, you ejaculate, mm -hmm. it's not like you're having a totally happy feeling and you're like totally energized and you want to hug your partner. <laughs> In the opposite, you, you just want to go back into your cave, you know, and you just want to be... Go to sleep. Go to sleep, you know, which is very difficult for women, you know. Mm -hmm. So you see something is happening physically and emotionally that has not really a positive effect on us, right? Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Mostly. I have a low Mostly. resistance to this idea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so from that, you know, the, 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 this is uh, the Tao yogis or the tantras, they said, well, I mean, what is the strongest, strongest energy we are having available? This is the sexual energy, right? Sexual energy is like the strongest energy we have, you know. Mm -hmm. And once you ejaculate, there's like immense, immense waste of energy for nothing, you know. I mean, pleasure and orgasm. How long yeah. does the orgasm last? Assuming you know? you're not trying to have a baby, but yeah. Right. Which I'm well past those, you know, years. But still, I mean, it's an incredible waste of energy. And so they said, why, what will happen if you're not wasting the energy and still have an orgasm? Would, is this possible? You know, that's the first thing, you know, like for 99.9% .9 of the men, they don't think it's possible to make a difference between ejaculation and orgasm. It's always mm -hmm. linked, you know? And that's a fascinating distinction. So in the spiritual tradition, they say, no, orgasm and ejaculation is not combined. You can separate it. So you can have a great orgasm and not lose any energy. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And then you have enough energy to have a multiple orgasm. How is that? Because you're not wasting any, any energy, you can have more than one orgasm, right? And now that brings you up to the level of women. Because women are just stronger sexually, you mm. know? And in the yoga tradition, we say one reason why men suppress women is because we are a little bit afraid of their sexuality, mm -hmm. because we know they're so much stronger. And then we compensate this by showing off physically how strong we are, you know. But yeah, once, I think they can also give birth. They've also got a higher pain tolerance. Right. But once you have cultivated your sexual energy, uh, you, you are like on the same level. And if you have an orgasm without ejaculation, you have very interesting possibilities for example on your emotions you know because you can take this energy from your from your your this, this sexual energy and transform it into for example love joy happiness and now you have an emotional connection with your partner which you cannot imagine if you have not experienced that you know and the same is with your spirituality so I mean, it's about the chakra system, you know, it's like mm -hmm. Kundalini. So you bring the energy up into your brain 
And then something amazing is happening, you know. And well, yes, I, thank you for the explanation. That's fantastic. Tell me more about bringing the energy up through the chakras to the brain. Well, the first thing is like, you know, practical. How is it done practical? You know, mm. practically, if, if you want to, to, to play with it, we say, okay, 100% is ejaculation, right? So you don't want to go to 100%. So you have an arousal and you stop like at 80%, right? At 80% arousal, you stop and then you just wait and then you'll see this arousal energy is going down maybe to 30%, 40%. And then start, you start to arouse again, maybe to 85%. And then you stop. And then now you will start feeling an amazing energy building up. You don't have the chance because most men, they get aroused, have an ejaculation, and mm -hmm. that's it, right? We're not really playing with this possibility, you know? And so this is the training, and this is it has to do with the PC muscle, you know, like when you urinate and you stop this mm -hmm. muscle. So you go you go closer and closer closer to this nine to this one hundred percent, you know, and then suddenly you have an orgasm, but no ejaculation, and then you see all the energy that is has been built up. You can use for spiritual mm. growth for your emotions share it with your partner with is which is amazing you know and then it, you it are strikes me sorry it strikes me how there's a parallel between these important tiny distinctions between ejaculation orgasm and then the other one that comes to mind is like the emotion that you feel and how you behave based on that emotion right so getting angry and then punching a wall or getting angry and going, wow, I'm getting kind of angry. Let me speak to that anger. Right. But you have, you see, you have to be able to make this distinction. It's, this is called buddhi. Buddhi, it's like, it's like the definition of intelligence. You know, definition of intelligence in the Western world is how can we store and retrieve information, right? All the schooling system is based on that. Mm -hmm. This is not really intelligence. So intelligence in, in the yoga tradition, it's this discrimination. What am I? What am I not? What belongs to me? What belongs not to me? Hmm. This is a very important discrimination. And to have, to have the possibility to make a precise and correct discrimination, this is buddhi. But to be able to do this, you have to be like on this meta level. So you can watch your emotion, you can watch your sexual energy, you can watch your energy body. You know, there's always something that is like... So, so let, me, let me ask you this. What percentage... Because, you know, we're talking about kind of going meta and having self-awareness, really, and metacognition, meta-emotion... What extent of people would you say possess self-awareness at a significant level, like at, you know, at a level that makes a difference in their lives? How many people or percentage? Very because this is one of the problems, I think. 
I, it's a big problem. And you have to know, you know, this is all a secret teaching. It has always been kept secret because it makes you immensely powerful. In the Indian, Indian tradition and in the Chinese tradition, that it's called the tantric, tantric, tant from tantra, the tantric mm -hmm. way, it has always been secret. But over the last 30 or 40 years, there have been masters like Montak Chia who said, well, time is right for people because we are in a transition, society is changing, and there are really very important tools and possibilities, and I'm ready to share now this hidden knowledge with everybody, you know. So everybody has the possibility to use it and to apply it, you know. So the in opposition to like, like a century ago, you would not have been able to get this information only by a master who mm -hmm. is picking you and says, okay, this information is freely available, you know, but still 99.9% of the people, they don't really realize the gem of this teaching, you know. Well, and, and the reason I ask the question is because I'm aware of research that shows that if you ask 100 people, 95 of those 100 will tell you, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm highly self-aware. But then if you put them to the test, it seems that about 12 to 15% of people are actually self-aware. And, and that, that lack of self-awareness on a huge level, a huge scale, to me is one of the big problems facing us in psychology, in yoga, in politics, in world peace, that if we all think we're highly self-aware, and in fact, very few of us are, that's a huge problem. And do you have any way to increase or wake people up, to increase self-awareness or wake people up? Well, you're absolutely right. You know, it's not only lack of self-awareness, it's also this... Um, you know, mind and body is separated. Uh, yes. Dualism. Right? Fucking so Descartes. our mind and our body is separate. I mean, you can be in the gym, do your exercises. So your body is doing something and your mind is doing something totally different, right? So it's not connected. Yeah. And when you think about it, when is it, when is our, when is mind and body connected? In daily life, hardly it is connected. Hardly. Not, not even in sex sometimes. I mean, people right. talk to me about their mind wandering while making love, and it's like, right, that's a problem. So this we is can't even very, stay present during sex. Right. So this is a very important goal in yoga, to synchronize mind and body. So synchronizing meaning you're using your energy body in terms of imagination. And your physical body is following your imagination. So when you imagine something, your mind is focused, focused on your energy body. And then your physical body is like, you know, guided by this imagination. And now your body and your mind is in line, you know, it's not so difficult. Or when I say, you know, when just do a little exercise, close your eyes. Bring your thumb up, sink, you know, bring your mental concentration to your thumb and feel your thumb. Can you do 
mental concentration and feeling your thumb at the same time? Is it possible? Difficult. It's possible, right? It's mm -hmm. difficult, but it's possible. Mm -hmm. So if your body awareness and your mental focus is on your thumb, mind and body are connected and not disconnected. So this is really the ancient way of yoga to have body and, and mind put together again. And it's not only body and mind, we are also disconnected with nature. Oh, yes. Another big problem, you know. There is more Qigong is, is more addressing this. But if you are connected with nature, and if your mind and body is connected, then you are self-aware. Mm -hmm. This is like the how yoga looks at it, you know? Yeah. And how you can no, train. I, I love what you're saying. Um, it's been fantastic. So I'm, I'm aware of time. So let me ask you one last question, because when we talked offline, you had mentioned that you have you've had a recent spiritual retreat that you led in Egypt, and you were right. talking about the sacred oils of Saqqara. Am I pronouncing yes. that right? Right. Tell us a little bit about that because that I thought was really cool. Well, you know the oils they have a, a, a very interesting um, reaction on on our body, like the the filter of mind is deactivated. So if you smell something, filter of mind is deactivated. So you know that it's like smell of your, your grandmother and something, you just smell something and it hits you immediately mm -hmm. emotionally, right? Yeah. Emotion is totally triggered. So this has been a very ancient art of healing in the Middle East for thousands of years, you know? And it has also been a specific way of initiation again into the into spirituality. So in Saqqara, which is like the oldest uh, pyramid in Egypt, they found you know uh, uh, some writing about these holy oils. And in the in the ancient Egypt, it was all about good smells. So they would say. Good smells are always connected with good energies mm. and bad smells are always connected with bad energies. I can relate to that, right? <laughs> I think everybody... Sorry, I'm just smelling a candle here. <laughs> so they, they just wanted to cultivate good energy, you know, very intense. And these oils, are, this is like an intelligence. It's like a, a gate into a, a, a certain dimension. Hmm. So this is like the initiation. You know, it's connected with the chakra. So well, it's like, like psychedelics, kind of, in the way that they create portals into different levels of consciousness. Yes, but it's like uh, what's what's to say? I mean, it's more like uh, you you. Yeah, in a way, it is, but it's it is more like on a conscious way, right? Yes. You're not using the drugs. And so there are different chakras. And actually, there's like a communication with the intelligence of the oils. And mm -hmm. this is extremely healing, you know. And especially for men, when do we learn how to express and how to use our emotions, you know? We are not taught. I mean, mm -hmm. I always tell the women, you can't blame men. I mean, nobody tells them. You should show them 
would be the easiest because how can they learn? And the oils that have this magic power to, to bring or to activate emotion within you. So then you can relate to, oh, this is how love feels. This is how lightness mm -hmm. feels. This is how self-confidence feels. Oh, we got a glitch in the matrix here. And to their worlds of em emotions, you know. And once they, this connection is made, you know, again, they have more self-awareness about their emotions, you know. Yeah. And they can express themselves much more clearly. Yeah. Because if you not really know how these emotions feel, how can you express yourself, right? Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, you so I thank you for the explanation because I thought that was fascinating when we talked about it earlier. Um, so in, in wrapping up, where can people get a hold of you if they want to find out more? Well, I'm based in Switzerland and especially for this call, I just uh, translated a page, which is called Yoga for Men in English. Thank you. I have also a video there, which is, which has a YouTube subtitle. It's not perfect, but you get a sense. And I'll send you the link later on. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes. Right. And and uh, this is how you can get hold. I mean, today, look at us. We can do a lot of things with live stream. And, Absolutely. you know, these, I mean, these, the, the teaching of yoga is a teaching of your own practice, you know. So it's not something, it's not no dependency. You, you want to be are independent and it teaches you just certain tools, certain techniques, cer certain methods you can use to improve your emotionality, your energy, your sexual energy, you know. And then once you have these tools, you're independent. You just use it and you grow with it, you know. And that's the great thing about these ancient spiritual traditions. Fantastic. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your wisdom. I found it fascinating and Thanks very enjoyable. And that's it for this episode of The Evolved Caveman. If you like this episode, please be sure to like, rate, review, and share. If you didn't like it, you don't have to do a damn thing. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Evolved Caveman Podcast. If you like what you've heard, support us by subscribing, leaving reviews, and sharing the podcast with friends and colleagues. For the latest, most powerful tools to connect with like-minded men, join the Facebook group at The Evolved Caveman. Follow Dr. John on Instagram at The Evolved Caveman, all one word, or join the email list by visiting guidetoself.com. 